afternoon, everyone. My name is Liz Collins, and this is a little podcast we like to call Human Seeking Human. My name is Zandy, and I am thrilled to have you here on this fine morning, evening, or great afternoon. We love newspapers so, so much that we are willing to read them for you so you don't have to. And we'll give you the highlights. Are those highlights what's important in the world news? No. Those highlights are uh, people looking for love in the, what's it called, section? Personal ads section. (laughs) And I thought you were going to say in all the wrong places. Sometimes that is the case. But yeah, we love reading these personal ads. Uh, And speaking of which, I have one for you. Are you ready for it? More than ready. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but we'll we'll see. This is from the Salt Lake Tribune, Salt Lake City, Utah, December 25th, 1994. This was my second Christmas of my life. That's not relevant. Just a fun fact. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Peter Pan's twin. Single white male, 23, six foot, invites fun-loving, adventure-minded, single or divorced white female, non-smoker, to share my magic carpet. Reserve your flight now. That's the wrong... That's the wrong movie. I don't think this person knows who Peter Pan is. Isn't Peter Pan a, a child? Yes. I believe... I hope so. And for the case of the plot, I really, really hope so. Um, but yeah, I, but Peter Pan's like a thousand years old, but and, and will always be a child or something. Isn't that the case? Yeah. Oh, no. That's not good either, though. I, I don't know much about Peter Pan, obviously. People are probably like, what? You're so wrong. You don't understand Peter Pan at all. No, I don't. And I'm going to be the first to admit that. But he I has thought, a like, thing with Wendy, and then he comes back later, cute. and Wendy grew up, and he didn't. And he has a thing with Wendy's daughter. Dear God, really? Yeah. He just, wow. He's just like banging every generation. Well, I didn't say banging. Oh, I said he has you... a thing, <laughs> a magical experience. It was a pl- an implied banging. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, grosser exactly. when you say a magical experience. <laughs> a magical experience. I had a crush on Peter Pan when I was a wee lassie, but it was the BBC Peter Pan where Peter Pan was played by a woman. That's right. And now oh. here I am. Oh, here such you a cr- are. I was like, why am I so attracted to Peter Pan in a way I've never been attracted to a man before? Well, now we know. Now we know it all. It's so, but I found Peter Pan's twin. Could have could be fraternal twin, um, and could be female. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Well, that they say single white male, so never mind. But uh, <laughs> I tried for you. Well, that's all right. I've got one for you. I'll bring it on. Pleasantly plump and passionate, divorced black female, twenty three, 
five foot six inches, in search of professional black male, 25 plus, five foot nine inches plus, to share good times, fun moments. Must be educated, employed, and Caribbean. <laughs> that last bit got me. I was like, huh, huh okay. <laughs> um, so I don't think I'm what they're looking for, but. Oh, are you not Caribbean? I'm not, but I'm interested anyway. I'd be one I of those annoying Germany people. was in the Caribbean. Isn't mm, that one of the well, islands? You know, it's it, you know, common misconception. Uh, no, yeah. Germany Germany is actually um, part of South America, not it's. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I always get confused. Very confusing. Um, it's okay. It's okay. No, we're here to learn. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that's what I have. Do you have a? I love uh, it. Wait, how how tall am I supposed to be? Was there a height thing in there? Five foot nine inches plus. Cool. I fit. See, look. Educated and employed. I how mean, tall are you? I almost thought you were like four foot one. <laughs> if you had a real guess, what would you say? Four foot two. <laughs> Is that your real guess? <laughs> Three. I mean, nine. like nothing. What is going on? I would love it if you were two feet tall. What if, like, like what if you actually thought this and then we met in person and you're just like, holy shit, and you freak out? Not that I'm even, oh I'm like, God. I'm I'm exactly average. I'm of average male two height in the U.S. Foot five. I believe. Two foot I'm five. exactly 69 inches. Ayo. What is that, nine. like three feet? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is melting have you i can tell have you seen those tiktoks where um someone says oh i went in all these guys lives and called them short kings and they so this 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 woman goes into these lives and she says like like really sweet like with a smiley face says i love a short king like I love, short guys are so cute to these guys on live and they get so upset and so offended and they're like who said i'm short i'm six foot and they'll like literally stand up to show how tall they are <laughs> i really want someone to do it to me because i want to be like thank you and appreciate it because i think that it's a kind thing That's to say so to someone funny. even if you're kind of messing with them it's kind of cute anyway um <laughs> joe was so worried about her height when we first met she asked me like probably five times before we met in person like are you sure you don't care about height are you sure you don't Aww. i was like i don't care about height i'm i like to be the tall one honestly mm-hmm. i just want someone who's strong you know yeah and um i'm not that either where it was like all you girls are fighting over six foot two jerks meanwhile i'm getting spoiled by my four foot nine king and i was like, oh yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I love my five foot four queen. She's everything I want. Tell me a sexual encounter. A text. Whoa. I will not. The pun didn't work. I will not do anything of the sort. Okay. Fine. Tell me about a textual encounter then. That I can do. Um, So this is from Craigslist. uh, Misconnection on Craigslist. Uh, This is in Nashville. Uh, specifically uh, at the Nashville airport, which is BNA, um, also known as Nashville Banana. International Airport. Yeah, also, I mean, also known as Banana. Um, here we go. Blonde at BNA. 
I sat next to you on the flight to BNA Tuesday. You were reading a book most of the time, and I was watching shows on my phone. We talked for a bit right as we were about to land. I got your bag down from the overhead bin. I should have introduced myself, but I was traveling with a coworker, and I had to meet them. I didn't even get your name or share mine. But as soon as I passed you going outside, I wished I had. By the way, I was totally wrong about the weather in Nashville. Hope you weren't too cold out there. If you see this, <laughs> tell me something you remember about the flight. I'd love to get connected. Oh, that's, that's cute. <laughs> I that's love how they sweet. Threw in I like that they're about the weather. I I feel like that's a green flag of like, hey, just so you know, when I'm wrong, I can acknowledge it instead of being like, hey, by the way, like I know that I said it was going to be warm and like it would have been warm. It should have been warm, but the weather fucked up and the weather is the problem. You know, they're really they're owning it. They're owning their mistake in a public forum. Yeah. Or if if they had said, oh, uh, I, I don't know if you thought that the weather was cold, but if you did, it was because you weren't wearing enough layers. That's on you, not yeah, on me. For, for, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thankfully, there was none of that in this uh, ad. It, it seemed, yeah, it seemed very friendly enough. They did include a uh, call to action, um, but it seemed very fairly harmless the whole thing so it, it made me kind of happy it was a little cute i love it okay now we're gonna go on to way back whenever where we read whatever from whenever as long as it was in a newspaper so i have something from time magazine which maybe is not allowed but shut up thanks because it's exactly like a newspaper clipping from the February 3rd, 1930 issue of Time Magazine. News segment titled, Something. In Brooklyn, a vague person telephoned police headquarters. There is something going on here, he said. Six plainclothes detectives and four patrolmen went to investigate. Presently, the vague person again telephoned police headquarters. You'd better send more policemen, he said. There are a lot of men in the yard, and they've got flashlights. They're policemen, he was told. They're not, he retorted. I can't see any uniforms. The detectives failed to discover something going on. What? (laughs) (laughs) I need an explanation. I'm so confused. So there are all these... It's just a story about... A guy called the cops and said, there's something going on here. And he didn't elaborate. And then they sent six detectives in plain and clothes. He, and he and called he the was cops like, and he said, now there's six on, detectives. On the detectives. And they said, they're oh policemen. And he said, they're not. And they oh said, okay. And then the detectives came back and they said, we didn't find something going on. They fail to find anything. I love that. Okay. Um, I was so like, my mind, uh, when you when you read like the flashlight part, my mind went to the office when Dwight and his like weird crew go play, they play flashlight tag and they're talking oh, yeah. about how they yeah. play flashlight tag. So I thought it was like, oh, they probably just showed up and then started playing flashlight tag. So no. Have you ever played flashlight tag? Yes. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. We had a big backyard in my house growing up. It was like flashlight tag was the ish. We would go, we we played like a huge crowd of, uh, I don't know how many kids, like 30 kids or something uh, on this golf course. Um, And it was a bunch of adults too. And the adults would have the flashlights and all the kids, the whole point was to like, hit the flagpole or the flagpole the flag stick and on the green so all the adults Mm -hmm. would like go around trying to find people and like if they got their you know their flashlight on you they'd have to say your name and my sister and i didn't really know them the people who were there that well like we were the kind of the outsiders so people didn't really know our names yeah so it helped us but yeah and then we'd like you'd like crawl through the the sand to try to get closer without anyone seeing that was fun Gosh, I was really bad because I was chubby, but it was still fun. I have a series. Here's the thing. I don't feel good. And I apologize to the listeners because I know I'm not in my most chipperiest, most funnest mood. So I want to overcompensate. Okay. I have a lot of way back wins. It's from an article on (laughs) time.com. And it's just the... The 21 most insane vintage news stories from time. Uh, Some of them are really short. So I'm just going to give you some good ones. Rapid fire. March 3rd, 1923. In Ashbury Park, New Jersey, a young lady hiccuped steadily for 12 weeks, then ceased as suddenly as she began. End of story. Sounds annoying. Yes, certainly. October 12th. 1923. In Karuna, near Madrid, a mother and daughter simultaneously gave birth to sons. Gesticulating relatives swarmed about to inspect. Hearty toasts were drunk. The newborn nephew and uncle, who much resembled one another, were accidentally mixed up. The babies will never know their true relationship. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would be, that is wild if that's like true. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty good. It it makes sense. Like, I can see how it would happen, too, right? You know, especially back in the day. Yeah, I was going to say back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this one adds a whole new meaning to the term spooning, and I hate it. December 12th, 1932. Spoons. In Norfolk, England, lives an old woman with 20 spoons. The handles of twisted silver. Ten small spoons are made of the fingernails of her late husband. Ten large spoons of his toenails. <gasps> Ew. Why did you have to bring spooning into this? Because. I'll never be able to spoon again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Poor Zandy. Okay. I enjoy it. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sure you'll get over it. <laughs> You're going to have to weigh your pros and cons here. Just block it out of your mind, you know? I'll do my best. In Biloxi, Mississippi, April 28th, 1923, the United States Marshal was ordered by a writ of sequestration to seize and bring into court a 75-ton dead whale, as to the ownership of which there was a legal contest. Oh, dear God. Why are humans so weird? I don't know, but that's not very vegan of them. No. Why would they think that they any why would anyone think they own this large dead whale? Why would they want to? What is happening? 
let's just move on. In Los Angeles, November 1st, 1937. Insomnia. In Los Angeles, the State Bureau of Furniture and Bedding Inspection was summoned by a man who suffered from insomnia to complain about his newly restuffed mattress. The inspectors ripped open the mattress and found it had been restuffed with a five-pound slab of concrete and four old suits of underwear. Oh, concrete doesn't go there. How did you not notice the difference in weight? I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty not observant about things, but that I feel like I would notice. It's just concrete and then four underwears. <laughs> four underwears. <laughs> August 29th, 1929. Porky off Ocean Park, California, one Porky Jacobs sat in an anchored floating barrel, stuck out his bearded face after more than 100 hours, and announced himself the world sit-in-a-floating-barrel champion. And I love that uh, I'm this not, is just him floating in a barrel. Being I'm like, not going to question it. I am the champion, my friends. Blah, blah, blah. I, I will not dispute that title. I think that title is well-deserved by Porky. And on April 28th, 1923, in Manhattan, a 250-pound woman laughed herself to death over the cinema Clarence. That's some of, that's some guerrilla marketing right there. I know. Uh, that's... For that movie. I love it. Kill, kill someone and then like fake an autopsy that says it was from laughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. We should do that, but for our podcast, I have a Massachusetts uh, one now. I, I don't know why the weight is relevant. Don't worry, whoever we kill, we won't include your weight. That just seems unnecessary. I think we're going to include height, weight, criminal history. We're just going to put all your dirty laundry out there. We're already murdering you. I mean, like we're it's. Why not just twist the needle? What's the term? Burn the knife. Twist the knife. I think twist the knife, sure. Rub salt in the wounds. Something. Yeah, that's a, that's one I know. I have one from Massachusetts. Are you enjoying this rapid fire? I'm just like shouting these I at am. you. I am. Extraordinary deed. At Newburyport, Mass. I've been there. One Mrs. Effie M. Beale received a letter from the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, concluding, We therefore wish to present you, in the name of our society, its medal as a token of our admiration and of high regard for this extraordinary deed of humanity. Mrs. Beale did her deed last January. Sledding through the woods in Maine, her husband came upon an old mother bear, shot her, discovered a tiny cub between her paws, Mrs. Beale cried, just like my own baby, snatched the cub to her breast, took it home, suckled it with her own infant, reared it until it became large and troublesome, said Arthur Brisbane, Hearst editor, Romulus and Remus upside down. Like, oh, Romulus and Remus. Those are the like the founder of Rome and his they wrote brother. Romulus. That's so funny that they spelled it wrong. Um, but yeah, they were What's they your... were raised by wolves, so the opposite would be a 
bear cub being raised by a human, I suppose. What's your take? Uh, scale of one to ten, how vegan is what Mrs. Beale did? Uh, one for, I, I yeah, not at all. But she saved the baby. Yeah, but is it because she fed it milk? <laughs> Uh, well no 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 that actually was pretty vegan um but uh by taking this bear in regardless of the circumstances i mean it was not the bear's mother shouldn't have died to begin with but then once the cub is there uh to take this cub in for yourself and to like take possession of it i don't think that's too vegan uh and i can't imagine this person uh providing everything that this bear needs to survive um and then they're just gonna be like oh okay off you go into the woods at a certain age and uh i don't think this cub will survive that so i don't know i just like the juxtaposition of like she did an extraordinary deed the animal prevention of cruelty society says we want to present you the highest medal because (laughs) your husband came upon an old mother bear and shot her like geez louise (laughs) And I love how the thinking is, oh, this reminds me of my baby. But that doesn't apply to the mother. It's just the baby once the mother's dead. It's like, oh, okay. Now uh, I'm going to eat the mom still. You know, my husband's going to go cook up up your mom. But I'm going to make you eat from from my tit while I eat your mom's flesh. You know? Yeah. I had a nickel for every time I said that sentence. Tell me about it. All right, I've got one called Teeth. Gross already. I actually have two called Teeth. Why? I them back to back. Because okay. I knew you would like them. I don't like Teeth. April, I just know that Teeth give everyone the heebie-jeebies. Mm. From April 9th, 1928, Matthias Blau of Chicago persuaded his wife, Helen, to have all her teeth pulled. Then... Huh. He refused to buy her false teeth because, he said, it was cheaper to feed her on soup than on solids. Mrs. Blau went to court and was awarded two sets of store teeth and at least a beefsteak a week. Judge Jonas told Mr. Blau that he had committed the meanest trick he had ever heard of. Yeah, and he sees no real repercussions other than having to give his wife a beef steak every week what also how do you enforce that (laughs) that's gonna be if i ever get a prenup it's gonna be there if we're divorced i want prime rib delivered from uber eats to my house once a week oh i love that conditions i like i don't know it's like those stories of bands putting like having this writer that they write and like they they show it to the venues and the venues uh and it has very specific things i think the most famous was was it van halen or something who wanted a bowl of like only brown m&ms or something like that um and a lot of people were like wow they're very picky but it turns out the reason they did that was to ensure that the whole thing was being read so that all the safety protocols Mm -hmm. and everything that they threw in there was actually being paid attention to because at the moment they go in and see that like their weird request isn't met they knew that no one actually read through the whole thing so yeah i've heard that yeah so uh, i love that yeah 
So that's what that makes me think of is like you throw in something weird like that to uh, make sure that you're getting what you getting all the stuff that you need, you know, makes sense to me. All right. I have one last one. Sandy, are you ready? No, not more teeth. No, it's I'm not. I'm going to skip that other teeth one. It's okay, not so good. good. It's not so funny. All right. Here we are. Our final. Our final short blurb. Late from April 12th, 1937. In Burlington, Iowa, Harold Lyons reported no decrease in box office receipts after he advertised on his Cinemansion marquee. Two features. Neither one is any good. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. That's funny. Yeah. I should put that in my bio. Two podcasts. <laughs> Neither one, one is, is very good. good. <laughs> yeah that's That's pretty solid yeah yeah all right i I think you have one one thing for us to close up and close out i'm gonna read my way back when here we go uh this is from the akron beacon journal akron ohio august 31st 1872 and this is a cute little thing a cute little story i think footprints 62 years old A week or ten days ago, a barn was pulled down in LaBeouf Township, which was built by the Isherwoods in 1810. When erected, the lumber was green and sappy, and tracks, which George Isherwoods, then a barefoot boy of 19, left on two of the sheeting boards placed under the roof, were bright and sharply defined when the barn was torn down, 62 years after the imprints were made. The tracks were considerable darker than the rest of the board, and the shape of the foot, even to the toes, was distinctly visible. One of the boards is in possession of J.P. Vincent Esquire, postmaster of Waterford. If anything more remarkable has occurred in this section, we should like to hear of it. I love that. That's so cute. Footprints in time. Yeah. And I love how at the end they're like, can't beat that story. This is this is the best thing that's happened in this area in a long ass time. Um, And I like that someone I like that someone they recognized it, though. It's pretty cool. Uh, They weren't like, oh, this is this is just normal wood. They found it and realized, you know what? This is kind of kind of cool. A little old-timey thing and then uh i like that jp vincent was like you know what i want to keep this i'm just yeah a creepy he preserved lawyer. it i want this 19 year old he was a postmaster oh esquire i think so i guess is is a lawyer but mm. also postmaster i think esquire means that they're got their i don't know maybe i'm just making that up but yes the postmaster no, I that think is so right too. but still jp vincent was like i want this 19 year old's footprints in my office for all to see why would you make it creepy? It was such a cute, wholesome know. story. It is cute. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. It's that time of night, you know. After, after ten thirty, I get a, I get kind of uh, rowdy. We're <laughs> getting rowdy. To, well, not a good word to put in there. So I think that was the most harmless of uh, all the words. But yeah, now that I'm rowdy, maybe, uh, maybe it's time we uh, finish this up. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to check us out on uh, other platforms, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter 
at Human Seeking Pod, where lots of fun stuff is point posted. And uh, you can also send us an email if you have any content or uh, want to share some of your own stories. You can send us an email at humanseekinghuman at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, we cannot wait to talk to you next week. Until then. Thank you.